What does it look like when the church begins to do things that God called it to do the way he asked them to do it? And so we want to go back this week and kind of dive a little bit deeper into our purposes of the church leading forward. And, and so I want to start by just saying the song that Grant played, I asked him to do it for a reason. Uh, this band wrote it a, a while back, and, and it talks all about how we need each other, how we were built to be together, no one was meant to be alone, and that is exactly what we believe the cause of the church should be. Y'all heard it already, but I want you to hear it again, that the church at Quail Creek exists to be a community for you. Now, that doesn't mean that we get to be a community however we choose to be. We have to be the kind of community that God called us to be. We have to do things his way and we have to act like Jesus to everybody that we encounter because it matters. It matters because the Great Commission is that good. And, and we'll get into that here in a minute, what exactly that means. Maybe today it's your first time to be at church in a long time or ever. And I want you to know something. This is a good place to be. We believe Quail Creek is the kind of church that God wants it to be. And we're on our way to becoming more and more what he's asked us to be. So we don't get everything right, and I want to let you know, even as a staff, we don't always get everything right. There's times we have to come back and apologize, or there's times that privately we laugh and go, man, that was a bust. And, and it's, it's awesome because of this, and we want you to know this. Maybe you have come with a bunch of things that you've messed up on. You just feel like you failed at it, that you haven't got it put together. You said the wrong thing, you did the wrong thing, and man, you're just going, oh, I wish I could take it back. Welcome to church. We all carry that today, okay? So we're all on even ground there, and we're all in need of one thing, an encounter with Jesus. He changes everything, and so we want to talk about that. In Acts chapter 2, we run into a time where the disciples have seen the Holy Spirit move in their midst. God starts to speak over his church, and they start to gather in small home churches because they couldn't have built a building at the time. It would not have been allowed. It would have cost them everything. So they, they met, and they gathered together. We got to remember what's really happening in this time. Those that follow Jesus are still being persecuted for following after Jesus' heart. So as they gather in this time, it's not like it's just an open market. This is dangerous stuff. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it starts to talk about how they moved around, what they did, how they acted, how they interacted with others. So let's look at it together. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, it says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, I want you to know something. This apostles' teaching would have been very interesting. There are so many people around them that were not around Jesus. So they're getting to hear firsthand accounts of what Jesus actually did, what Jesus actually said, and what Jesus actually asked them to do. So they're getting this firsthand account of what the apostles are saying, and they're not teaching anything new. They're teaching exactly what Jesus taught them to teach. We'll get to that here in a minute. So it's to the fellowship. Uh, that, that is, they, they got together and had a good time, okay? I, I want you to think that church should be boring. If that's your experience with church, it's not Jesus' fault. It's the churches that you went to. We believe at the Church of Quill Creek, we are meant to make big of Jesus, we get this time with you each week on Sundays, and those of y'all that venture a little bit deeper on Wednesday nights, we want to make big of Jesus in those times. So when we fellowship, when we gather together, we want to make big of Jesus, and that's what they did. They fellowshiped. And to the breaking of bread, 
So they did what was right, y'all. They brought burritos and they ate. They broke that bread with their teeth. It was amazing. And it says, end of prayer. They never missed a moment to talk to God. And so they did these core concepts and something amazing happened. Something amazing takes place. Verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe. Now I want you to capture these words because I always miss them when I read this. Whose teaching were they listening to? The apostles, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Who was filled with awe? Everyone. Not just those that were listening. Everyone was amazed at what was taking place, what was happening. I mean, you can just imagine the tension in this time. As, As the tension filled the air, even showing up was something. I mean, when you showed up, you just hoped and prayed that it didn't cost you your life. But people kept coming. You imagine today that as you got ready, you put on clothes that you kind of thought in the back of your mind, this may be it. When I go to church today, this may be my last day. This could really be the last time I put clothes on on this side of this world. That's what they did. When they woke up and they went together, it could have been their last moment. But they kept showing up. What, what else happens, and we'll see it here in a minute, you're going to see what else happens. Everyone's filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together, and they held all things in common, which meant this. If you showed up, you belonged. If you came, you weren't an outsider. You were invited into the family. You were asked to come near. You were brought in. They had everything in common. Did they all have really everything in common? No. They looked different. They had different jobs. Some had family, some didn't. Some were single, some were married. They didn't have everything in common, but that's not what it's talking about. They didn't all look the same. They didn't all talk the same. But when they showed up, they all had a name tag. They all belonged. So here's the thing. Today, if you haven't belonged anywhere, if you feel like an outsider, if you feel like a cast off, you feel like a a wannabe, welcome in. We all carry that. We all get to be someone when we show up because Jesus thinks you're someone. And so when we gather here together, when we show up at church, our job, those of us that have Jesus, is to save a seat and invite someone to it. And when they show up, is not to go, I'm sorry, you're sitting in my seat. It's to go find you another one. And then to find another empty one and invite someone to that one. You know why? Because we want to be inspired by what we're doing. We don't want to come to church and just have an, a so-so moment with God. We want to be inspired by those moments. And if we want to be inspired by those moments, I want to tell you this. God has so much inspiration in Jesus and through the work of the Holy Spirit for you and I. More than enough. He's got more than enough for you. So it's not a condition of God not wanting to show up. He always does. It's a condition of us not wanting him there, really. Are we content if we showed up at church and God didn't? And would we know the difference? Let's know the difference, and let's let everybody else know the difference. Listen, if you showed up today and you don't belong anywhere, today's your day to belong. We believe that when you come in here, you're going to experience a couple of things. One, you're going to experience people that want you here. We're going to be a welcoming place. That's what our church has been historically known for. But you know what? More than that, we don't want to just shake your hand. We want to know you. But even more than that, we want you to know Jesus. That's the second thing. 
You could know our names. You could know everything about us. But if you don't know Jesus, you've really missed what this is all about. Now, I want you to know something. When you look around the room, you can see some differences. The big thing on Facebook right now, and I've been a part of it, is to share your 10-year-ago picture. Have y'all done this yet? You go back and you look at your earliest picture on Facebook and you post it, and then you show yourself today, and you all do the same thing. Oh, wow. 10 years really is bad. Right? I, I mean, I looked at mine and I went, 10 years ago, my picture was from Tishomingo, where my parents live, and they're here. Hey. Um, and, and I mean, I didn't have a stitch of gray hair in my goatee. Not one. Just perfectly browned, blackish hair. It's awesome. I looked thin. I mean, I was standing looking into the sunrise. It's an amazing picture. I, I put it as my face. I'm going to probably put it back. I'm like, that's what I want people to think. My new picture, I'm standing in the Christmas suit from this Christmas, chubbier and grayer than ever, staring this way at y'all. Y'all are in my picture. Y'all don't even know it, but y'all are there. And I started to look at it, and I went, wow, man, things have changed. And, man, when things change, we look back and go, whoo, man, I wish I looked like that. I told April, I'm going to color this. And she goes, uh, it won't work. And I went, oh, that's true. I tried with a magic marker. I just marked on my skin. It looks bad. Anyways, but see, these people just kept showing up. And they, they had all this in common, but it wasn't built upon what you looked like. Because all that's conditional. What mattered is, did you show up? Amen. That's what matters to us today, by the way. I don't care if you're broken you're tattooed, you have a story, um, you got more than 18 earrings on your face, whatever it is, we all have a story. We all have our brokenness, and we're all welcome here. Amen. You're welcome here. Amen. This is a place for you, because it's a place for us. And if it's not a place for you, it's not a place for us either. You know why? None of that matters. None of it matters. So show up. Uh, we have a friend, and, and I want y'all to hear this story, who showed up, and, and he's got tattoos all over his arms. And he wore a jacket that day, and he said, hey, do you think I can take off my jacket here? And one of our staffers said, you better believe it. Go ahead and take it off. And people still shook his hand. You know why? doesn't matter. Just come. Because you know what? When you walk in this room, you know what matters to us? That you came because that's what we did this morning. None of us had an extra ticket to this event. We didn't have to pay to get in the door. We just got to show up and we get to worship Jesus and that's what matters. And so you're welcome here because so are we. So show up with us and, and learn that we don't fix ourselves. Jesus does that. So when they showed up and they had everything in common, something was amazing. A, a, a heart change happened. They all started showing up, and they all started seeing equal footing when they walked in the door. When they walked into church, it didn't matter who was wealthy or who was poor, who grew up on that side of the tracks or this one. When they showed up, everybody mattered. And in verse 45, it says this, they sold their possessions. 
They sold their possessions, this is crazy, and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. When everybody looks the same inside the building, everybody matters more than your stuff. You'll sell it all because everybody matters. You love everybody because they showed up, and that's what happens when a church gets it right. We love everybody that shows up. Doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, how you act. When you show up in this room and the doors are open to you and you sit down, you matter because you matter to God. And listen, we don't have any value points. Just because I stand up here at this pulpit doesn't mean I matter more than you. I promise you that. If anything, it may mean that I matter a little bit less. God can use donkeys. Hello? (laughs) So listen, you matter here. You matter. Verse 46 says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. Did you hear that? We got two moments now. We had a moment where they gathered and they prayed and they listened to the disciples teaching. And then they went every day where? To the temple. Something takes place. We get brave when we get Jesus. We get brave. The temple was not a place for Christians. But that's where they showed up. They went to the temple and they broke bread. And then it says this. They went to the temple and they broke bread from house to house. You see where they went then? They didn't abandon who they were in their past. They embraced it and they took Jesus there. And then they went house to house because everybody mattered. They ate their food and, and with joyfully and sincere hearts. Verse 47 says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Do you hear that? Because when people start to do Jesus's way, the way he asks people to, everybody's going to go, now that's something. That's really, that's, what is that? I don't know what it is, but I like them. I like those people. Isn't it funny that every other religion on planet earth is liked but Christianity? It's the most ridiculed faith of all. You can make fun of it. You can do satire about it. You do any other faith, it's taboo. You know why? Because we're not showing them Jesus. We're showing them everything else. When we start to act like Jesus, people are drawn to him. They're even drawn to God's people when they act like him. It happened in the worst possible time. It can happen right now. And here's what happens next. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. It doesn't say in the Lord added to their number those daily who came from other houses. It says those being saved. That's the heartbeat of Quell Creek. We want you here, but let me tell you what we also want. We want to see you to know Jesus. It's more than just being a part of what we do on a weekly basis. This will end. One day Jesus will return for his church. And this building will not matter. All the time and effort we put into it, these amazing stained glass windows, they'll fade away. You know why? They won't matter. They just won't. The carpet, the pew that you've claimed won't matter. But see, here's what will. People. Created in God's image according to his purpose. People matter. People matter. That's why Jesus came. So, with that in mind, we went back to the idea of the early church. What the early church did was they started to build community. They, they really looked around and they said, yeah, we live in this town and, 
yeah, we have a temple, but we want to create something better than what we're experiencing. We want to create community. We want to love each other and take care of each other. We want to be there for each other. So we believe at the church at Quell Creek, we need to become what we've always should have been. Quell Creek should exist to be a community for you. Now, I want you to hear this. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's for us. Together. For everyone. Because they matter to God. And when they show up in this room, they matter to us. So it's a community for you and 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 just to infinity. Everybody should matter to us. Everybody. You know why? Because everybody matters to him. Because he died so that they may have life not so they would just have a good church experience listen we can build a good church experience we could quit teaching out of this thing and just start teaching out of anything else quit teaching the bible just start teaching good ethics there's whole faiths built on it whole mega churches built on it it's inconvenient to teach out of the bible according to culture but there is no other saving outside of god's truth And we can keep telling people whatever we want, or we can go back to the Bible. We can start acting like he's always asked us to be, and we should start creating a community that acts like it. So how do we accomplish it? Well, first, we accomplish this mission by following these three key strategies. And and so I'm going to give them to you this morning. These three strategies, we believe, is the core concept of what we saw in Acts chapter 2. We're not trying to reinvent a will. We're not trying to be something crazy we're trying to go back to the word and let the word dictate our steps because if we don't if we just try and do what we've always done we're going to keep experiencing what we've always not seen and it's those added to their number daily being saved we have to do it God's way so let's talk about it we start by building a community of connection we believe that when you walk in the room people should feel connected And they don't instinctively, if they walk in the room, feel a deep-seated connection to Christ. We wish they would, but I would like to think that probably their first deep connection is to you. You invited them here. You, You may have told them on Facebook something special was happening at our church, and they felt that connection with you. Here's the thing. If you're gonna invite them, you need to sit by them. And if you sit by them, you need to feed them lunch. Acts chapter 2. Right? I mean, I'm not, that's not even Baptist. That's this early church. They thought that it worked. I think it does too. Right? Like if you try and meet me and you call me and you say, hey, let's meet. You know what I'm going to say let's meet? Over what? Lunch. You know why? I like lunch. And if I don't want to talk, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat. But here's the thing. There's an intimacy that comes with fellowshipping together. There's an intimacy that comes with breaking bread together. And there's a true intimacy by hearing what God's word says with each other. That's what they did. It's not a new concept. It's not like we have to reinvent anything. Let's just do it his way and let's see what happens. So here's what that means to us. To build a community of connection, we believe it's this. We exist to connect you with Jesus, his word, and with each other. Jesus, his word, 
and with each other. We believe that's how it works. We believe when you connect with Jesus, when you get the tools to connect in his word, and when you connect with other people, you see something take place and you feel connected. Without it, you float. No connections. We got to start seeing our world as floating astronauts without any spaceships. Devoid of oxygen, devoid of any hope, and we exist to connect them with the truth of God that brings true life. Without it, they will float and they will die. That's what scripture says. All have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's separation and death, scriptural. We gotta start seeing our world like that. Millions of astronauts floating without being tethered, with no hope, with no air, and with no way of return. Except one thing can take place. God sends his church with his son. And when that takes place, there is a world worth of floating astronauts waiting to come home. That's our job. It's a joyful job. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get brave in this room. Somebody's going to get brave enough to say this. You know what, Pastor Kyle? I'm going to share my faith this week. And you're going to go somewhere and you're going to tell someone about Jesus. You know what's going to happen? They're going to listen. I've never met anybody on this planet, not one, by the way, that has ever had a moment where they felt like God didn't at least intervene. They may shut you down. I can promise you that, but in retrospect, you're going to find out that they didn't need to hear you at that moment. You just planted that seed. It may wait for a season, but somebody else is going to come along and start again. They're going to go, I remember that guy told me, okay, you might as well share it if this is going to happen again. And down the road, they're going to come home. It's our job to go. It's our job to be a community that shows up and that people are attracted to because we do it the way that God called us to. Let me just tell you what I know. At the church at Quell Creek, we have had two instances in the last couple of weeks where people in our church have gone through absolute madness. Something has happened in their life that they needed friends and family to show up on their behalf. And our church has. Because I believe our church is trying to do it the way God called us to. We've met some needs they had. We've gone and loved on them. We've put our arms around them. We haven't let them go alone. It's the words I take to them during those times. Just so you know, you have a family. And they'll go, yeah, I've got my you know, son or parents or whatever. And I go, no, no, no. Those are good. But you also have a family at Quell Creek that loves you. And we'll be there for you. So here's the thing. I, I, I want you all to see us because... Some of y'all may say, I've never felt that from Quell Creek, and that's okay. I, I want you to. But I also want you to see firsthand what it looks like. So, do me a favor. If you're in this room and you have reached out to the church at any time in your walk with the Lord, from being on 6th Street to today, and you would say, at some point in that time, I've asked the church to come alongside me, to help me, to pray for me, to be with me, and y'all were. Slip up your hand. I've been there in those moments. Just take a look around. Listen, this is what church is supposed to do. This is what they're supposed to do. This is what church should be for you. And that's what we're trying to create for people that are walking down, even today, around our church, just walking, that have never walked in these doors. We want them to see that that community works. 
And we want them to belong inside the doors. Because what happens in this room is not just, you know, lip service. What happens in here is true worship and true love for one another. It is truly loving Jesus and loving people. It's what we do. It's what we should do. And if that hasn't been your experience, listen, from the heartbeat of who I am, and and y'all know me, hear my apology. Don't stop with us. Let us know. If we can be there for you, I promise you with all my heart, we will try our best. And when we fail, let us know. Because we need to know. Because we want to be a community for you. The second, we want to build a community of growth. We want to build a community of growth because we believe that growth matters. Things that are not growing are doing what? They're dying. That's how things work in our planet. We grow or we don't grow and we die. A tree gets to a certain point, and when it stops growing fruit or it stops growing seed, it does what? It dies, it shrivels. We don't want to be a church that does that. We don't want you to do that inside these walls. So we believe that when the right connections are made, that people grow. We believe it. We believe when you connect with Jesus, when you connect with his word, and when you connect with others, you will grow. It's a natural thing. And we want to give you the tools and steps for that growth. We believe that's what a church does. Reaches to its world, disciples its people. We believe that when we do that correctly, that you will grow in your faith. You will grow as a person. You'll grow in your marriage. You'll grow in your parenting. You'll grow in your leadership. You'll grow in your influence. We believe that God's people grow. How do we know it? Acts chapter 2 says that they went to the temple and they went house to house and ate. It says now all the believers were together and held everything in common and they sold their possessions. And it says every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house, ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of God all people they were growing it began to look different you see people that just kind of had the temple experience didn't grow they they went through the motions and and even Jesus shows up and he goes man y'all have lost it y'all follow the law but you don't have the heart of God like capture this Jesus wants us not to just look like church people he wants us to look like him He's not asking you to go out and be a good Quell Creeker. As your pastor, I'm not asking you to be a delegate for Quell Creek. I'm asking you to be like Jesus. And we want to give you the tools and inspire you to do it. Because we believe this. This building exists because people prayed. And they gave and they sacrificed to build it. And man, I for one am thankful for that. There's great men in that hallway down there that preached faithful sermons and pleaded on behalf of God for the people of not only San Jacinto Baptist, but ultimately the church at Quell Creek. And man, I don't take that for granted. Every Sunday as I step up here, I think of them because I'm standing on the shoulders of great men of God. And I'm thankful for that legacy. But let me just tell you this. We all will go one day and leave behind something. There's some great men in that hallway that are today at the very presence of Jesus And I got to tell you something, the church is still here. This walls are still here. Here's what we must do. Let's point people to Jesus. 
Let's welcome them here, but let's point them to him. Let's grow in our faith. Let's mature in our faith. Let's dig in in our faith. And then let's show them what it looks like when Christians act like they should. I believe the result is people will come to Jesus. That's what happened in Acts. And I believe it's going to happen today. When the church shows up like the church should, people are one to Jesus. It doesn't matter how many people fit in our seats. It matters how many people we point to a future with Jesus. It's what matters. We should be hungry for that. Then last is this. We want to build a community of change. We believe that building a community of change is is something that our world is really about. We believe that people are all for change. They just don't know what. I mean, today we are very consumed with a spotted leopard, but not very consumed with babies who are aborted. Do you capture this? That we live in a really weird world where even those of us in the church are deeply concerned with the rights of people but are not concerned with their souls. So if we're going to build a community of change, we've got to break something that we feel is fine. We cannot be fine when the church is broken because Jesus is not okay with it being broken. It's his bride. Now listen, Quail Creek exists as a church amongst many. But I want to tell you something that we're learning as a staff. We're just a little C and the bigger big C, the uppercase C. It's why we will reach out with other churches to reach our community. You know why? Because it matters. It matters that the community sees that we're not at war with one another. Ask people that are lost what they think about church, and they'll say the same thing. They're all against one another. In our history, we've seen craziness in newspapers of churches writing against other churches. We've seen pastors stand and say, we will never be with them. Let me just tell you what just was said. We cannot be what God called us to be because we want to look like us. Us must die at the feet of Jesus. It must die there because there is something greater in store for a church. They'll embrace what Jesus called them to do. That's what we will do. It's what we will continuously do. And we will point people to heaven because it matters. It matters to us. So how do we do it? We know that growing people change the world. We know it. Growing people change the world. Together we believe the church exists to be a movement of positive and real change in our world. And we're asking everyone to join us in it. How do you get to that point? You connect with Jesus. How do you move to the next point? When you make the right connections, you begin to grow. And when you start to grow, you will change your world. It instinctively happens that every so often, a a church member will catch that fire and share their faith with everybody. It just, I don't know what it is. and I wish I knew the secret sauce. But I believe it's a condition of belief. I believe at some point in the life of a Christian, they pop like popcorn and they begin to be outward focused instead of inward. You can cut a, a popcorn kernel down the middle and see what's inside. Or you can heat it up. You can make it happen and it'll show itself to you. Jesus is waiting for his church to come alive. Amen. And I'm praying revival heat over you. 
I'm praying that you would feel it so intensely that you couldn't help but come alive and come open before him. That you wouldn't stay internal, that you wouldn't stay centered, focused, but that you would open your life up to what could really happen if we show up like he's always called us to. I believe the church should be the aroma of Christ because that when people show up, they should smell like a movie theater in this room of all the popcorn that's come open. People should be attracted to it one bite and savor in it because that is what the church should be. I had this amazing moment. I guess it was about six years ago. I had a friend come into my office and he laid a book on my desk. He said, listen, I don't know if you like to read. And to be honest, at that point, I told him I don't because I didn't. Um, it's something the Lord has poured into my life for the last couple of years. But I took that book and I put it in my bookshelf and moved to a couple of offices. And I pulled that book out about two years ago. And when I did, I, I began to look through the pages and I began to highlight and underline. I didn't even realize who wrote it. I was, I was just diving in. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is powerful. Man, I want this. I, I want to be at a church like this. And it is building the greatest churches since Pentecost by Stan Coffey. He preached from this stage. And he wrote that book. And it shuddered in my soul that we can be something that we're not. And that is this. We could be a habitat for reaching people that don't look like us or act like us. We can welcome them in our doors and love on them like Jesus would. And we can see them saved. And it should happen every single Sunday. Not just at revival times. Not when I bring a friend like Mike Satterfield in. Every Sunday. It should happen every Sunday because we want it to desperately. And we are willing to have bruised knees and wounded vocal cords pleading to a God that loves us to say, God, lead us to them. God, bring them to us. We will love them like you. Father, help us. That is what a church should be. That's why we believe that building a community is meaningful because we have got to connect and, and with Jesus deeply. We must dive in with him. We must spend time with him. We must encourage one another. We should grow. At some point, we've got to grow. We have got to grow up in our faith. We have got to grow in our maturity, and we've got to grow a heart like God's. Instead of pleading like a tin man sitting in a fictional character, we must plead for a real heart that beats like Jesus's. And then we should go out and change our world for him. It is time for the church to show up. It's time to quit letting the media drive what we believe and start to go back to his word and let him tell us what to believe. We have got to reawaken because the world needs Jesus. So why is this our mission? Why is this where we land? Why is this the words that we decided to land upon? And let me give it to you to end. Matthew 28, verse 18 it says this, Jesus came near and he said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gave us community. He said, you gotta go. And as you go, you gotta teach them what I taught you. That was his community. And they were connected with Jesus. And he even ends with it. And I'm with you always. He started with connection and he ended with connection. And then he says this, teaching them everything I've commanded you. At some point he teaches them, show them how to grow. 
Show them how to grow. Teach them how to do it. Show them with your hands how to make this happen. And he encourages them and he says, teach them everything I've commanded you. Can you imagine these words as those disciples were up close to Jesus? And he, he says, guys, listen, I'm giving you the keys. I mean, this has been an amazing ride with you guys, but now I'm going. He tells them to prepare a place for you. Remember this? But at this point he says, so now y'all drive. I've given you everything you need to go. So go and you got to be kidding me if y'all don't believe he's sending them to change the world. You know how I know? From Matthew 28 till today, what those early disciples did is still being told. There was no Amarillo, Texas. There was no Texas. There is no United States. There was land. But from that moment of Jesus lighting that fire, these guys began to open up. And because of that, you and I are here today. Why community for you? Because everybody needs it. And we can bring it. My question is this. The last thing we said is, will you change the world with us? Will you join us? I believe this with all of my heart. I believe there will be some that will say, I can't. I really believe it. And I want you to know something. I'm okay. You're okay. Jesus is asking for his true disciples to arise. He's asking for his church, his true church to come alive. And he's asking for you to be a part of it, not this, him, his bride, to come alive and to show the world that it matters. You know how I know they'll know it matters? When it matters to you. So the church at Quill Creek will exist to be a community for you if you'll make it. Let me pray for you. Father God. I pray for those in this room that don't know you. God, that as they hear about our church that's trying to become connection points, trying to change the world, or trying to see people grow, God, that they would say, I don't know what that looks like, but I, I want it. Lord, I, I just know that I've got a, a bunch of friends, Lord, that have had a church experience that didn't look anything like your word. Didn't look like Acts 2 at all. It looked more judgmental. It looked more flat. Their people didn't worship. Their people just kind of showed up for what they could get out of it. They weren't in it to experience anything from you. There is no awe at all in what they saw. In fact, it was more of a hum than anything. But God, we pray today that you would make this place a standard by which you want to rise up in your church. God, that you would make it a place that when people walk in the door, they feel loved and they're led to Jesus. Not led to judgment, not led to finger pointing or whispering, but God, that you would break our church to be like you. Lord, we want to act like you. We want to grow like you. And Father God, we want to change the world with your name. So God, lead us. Lord, and lead people that don't know it. God, I pray for those that don't. God, I pray for those that would be hungry to see Jesus change their lives. Lord, that they would, they would tear that ticket of failures, 
of brokenness, of mistakes, and they would remember that you heal us and that you love us. There is no sin that's too big. We've never gone too far. You love us. So God, would you be over this time as we pray and as we seek you, God? Would you lead us? Would you break our hearts? Would you inspire us? Would you change us, God? Would you awaken us? Lord, how we need you. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. This next few moments, I'm going to invite you into a conversation. Down here at the front of these steps, we call it the altar. In the Old Testament, an altar is where you laid something to die. And maybe you need to put to death past failures because Jesus isn't holding on to those. Jesus loves you so much that he forgives. And in Christ, there is no longer condemnation for those who know him. So today in Jesus, you're carrying weight. I promise you it's not Jesus putting that on your shoulders. You have an enemy and he's holding it for you. Lay it here at the altar and leave it behind. Maybe today you don't know Jesus. And you'd like to know the next steps of that. What does it really look like? Here in a few minutes, I'll be joined with a couple of others, and we would love to share with you what that looks like. Don't be afraid. Listen, we're just guys just like you. So you can come and talk to us, and we would be happy to share with you what it means to follow Jesus. Maybe today you'd say this, I'm inspired by a church that wants to look like the real church, and I want to be a part of something like that. Come talk to us about that as well. We'd love to share with you what it means to be a part of our family here. Because we believe that our family goes global for Jesus. And if that's you, come on. We'd love for you to be a part. No matter what it is, my prayer is that you wouldn't miss out on these last few moments as we worship to pray and to point your heart towards the Lord. More than singing a song, I hope you will praise a Savior. So take that time. Why don't you stand with us as we worship the Lord?